welcome back to It's New Orleans. It's happy hour again, coming to you live from the Collins Hotel in Uptown New Orleans at 3811 St. Charles Avenue. The Collins Hotel, a great place to come and have a drink out on the wide veranda if you're already in New Orleans, and a great place to come and stay in their fabulous antique decorated rooms if you're coming to visit us here in New Orleans. We do happy hour once a week from here, and my special guests this week on happy hour uh, Chris Lee from the rock band Supergroup. Chris, thanks for coming down to join us. Thanks for having us, Grant. You've been playing for a long time around New Orleans and around the whole country and, in fact, around the world. That's right, yeah. And your brother was supposed to be here, but he canned out on us. What happened? He he's did, also he in did. the band. Uh, but... Oh, he's got some young boys and uh, a three-year-old and a You mean bo- not, not boyfriend no, no, type no, boys? But... No, children. Okay, I see. And uh, one of them had to leave school early. Some sort of disciplinary problem. Oh, I see. So, so he's like father, like son. I have son. no idea. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right, well. He gets what he paid for. And you can, you can shoulder the whole thing the rest of the show by yourself. You can play, it, sing, and talk, okay? You don't need your better. brother. It's Who's the older brother? You or he? Me. You're the okay, so you're used to that, okay? Shouldering the load. Our other guests here uh, on Happy Hour today are Dan Jartres, correct, Dan? Good job. Thank you very much. So the, the A in Dan is pronounced differently from the A in Jartres. That's very difficult, isn't it? What kind of a name is Jartres? J-A-T-R-E-S. Where's that from? Uh, it's actually Greek. Are you Greek or somewhere way back? Well, uh, a few generations back. My great-grandfather came over from uh, Sparta. From actually from Sparta. Well, that's where he was born, so I'm assuming that's where he came from did he, when he moved here. How did he get here? Do you have any idea? Uh, Ellis Island. Um, I found his name on the wall when I went there, but uh, early 20th century. I don't know the exact year he came over. What made him come here? Any idea about that? Uh, no, I don't know. He uh, wasn't a great guy. He kind of left my uh, great-grandmother and the kids, so we, we don't know a lot about him. <laughs> Wow. You, well, you know that <laughs> that's, much. You know that's that. about all we know about him. So your brother's up to no good. Your great-grandfather's <laughs> up to no good. Your brother's kid's up to no good. What about you? You're, you're doing okay, though. Yeah, I think I'm uh, up to good. You yeah. seem to be doing good. You're the program manager for the Greater New Orleans Pedestrian and Bicycle Program. So is that a city thing? Am I paying your wages here? Um, Just so we're absolutely a, clear about the relationship. It's a regional thing. Uh, it's funded by the state government. Uh, so my, I am paying for So, so yes. we're all the taxpayers in the Some room. of your tax dollars are, are, paying, are paying for my you. program, yeah. Wow. And, you, what, and you're also the vice president. Are you the, no, you're the president of the New Orleans Metro Bicycle Coalition. Yeah, that's the uh, local advocacy group working to make New Orleans a more bicycle-friendly city. And what's your other, what does your day job consist of? Doing the same thing. Same thing. So you're doing the same thing twice, except one you get paid for and the other one you don't. Yes. So you love biking and walking. Exactly. And Billy Fields is also joining us, who's a professor from UNO, the University of New Orleans, which, of course, is not long for this world. It's going to be completely shut down soon, right? We hope we'll be there next week. We're, we're, we're open for that. You hope that you're hoping to stick around for a week. Right. Which would take you into the spring. At least you could be there for right. Jazz we're, Fest. We're aiming right through right. Jazz Fest is where we're trying to go. Okay, and you have to speak a little bit more <laughs> closely into the microphone. Otherwise, I, I can't hear you enough to do lip breathing, which I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty good at. But actually, now, now Billy... You are the professor, uh, a professor at UNO, the director of the Center for Urban and Public Affairs, and the associate director of the Gulf Coast Research Center for, get this, are you paying attention to this? For evacuation. Right. So you're a professor of evacuation. We, we work on some uh, evacuation studies looking at so the impacts of looking after Katrina. I hate to in, uh, interrupt you, but Karina's here talking of Katrina. Karina's our waitress, you guys, if you'd like. You like anything? Chris, do you need another drink already? I do. God. <laughs> now that's rock and roll. How long have we been? Five minutes it's been the show so far. I got an early start. You did? Yeah. You yeah. only got here about 10 minutes ago, though. No, I mean today. Oh, today you've been no, drinking all totally day? Totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> that is rock and roll. Okay. Back to evacuation. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, that's oh, did okay. you want another drink or anything? You certainly haven't. Look, no, well, you've I'm almost finished. What are you yeah. drinking? Uh, I'm drinking bourbon and ginger ale. Bourbon and ginger. That's yeah. interesting. I had a friend from Kentucky, and she told me I could drink bourbon, but I couldn't drink it with Coke. I had to drink it with 7-Up or ginger ale. Uh, that even ginger ale sounds a little bit on the well, sort of lame she, side, frankly. Well, that's what she was saying, but that's as, yeah. that's as far as I go. Karina, what, you want another one? Sure. Okay, no problem. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Karina. So you got to the word Katrina when Karina walked in, and... We were talking about the, your, your job only exists because of Hurricane Katrina. Is no, that what you're no, saying? no, no, no. We, uh, we've been doing research out there for uh, about 20 or 25 years looking at various different public policy issues and metropolitan growth and urban planning. And then after Katrina, we got a grant uh, to look at basically what happened and how you can improve evacuation. So we look at evacuation and what we call resilient transportation, which is where the walking and biking comes in. Basically, if, you, if your oil prices go up, how do you handle that? 
uh, well, you don't want all your eggs in one basket. You want to be able to go in multiple different well, ways. I love that you use the word if your oil prices go up, how do you handle that? Because the oil prices are going up consistently all the time. And there's apparently we're heading for a crunch. Is that, does anyone know if that's true, by the way? Uh, it, it certainly looks that way. I mean, our prices are going up and they're not going to come back down very far. So when you have a situation like that, you need to have multiple ways to get around. If you create your, your communities based around purely in the automobile and it costs a, you know an arm and a leg to get around, you're going to be in a pickle. So what we look at is how you can get around in multiple different ways. You don't have to get out of your car all the time. You can't really tell me this is what you do all day, surely. It actually Figure is. out how to get around if you don't have a car. Yeah. How, how many ways are they, donkey? Well, you can get on, you can get on the bus. You can, get on, you can jump on oh, the streetcar right out here. How can you get on here. the bus if there's no gas? What's the, what's the bus going to run Well, it, it, it's cheaper uh, to combine. Oh, it, so we all put our money together and buy a bus ticket. Yeah, it's collective, I guess. Uh, okay. Or if you, if you don't want to do that, you can, you can walk someplace if you if you have everything close by or you can ride your bike and okay, you don't so the, what so what's the, what do you do the rest of the day um, when, go you, to, when you go to work i, I go um, to meetings <laughs> <laughs> and they ask you that and you what how many times can you say that I and mean, how many different ways are there to say that well though, really? you, you uh from a public policy perspective you need to sort of prove what you're looking at so yeah. we do uh studies to show the impact of walking and biking uh, and there are a number of different ways you can look at economic development and how it improves the city you can look at congestion uh, you can also look at oil dependence. So there are, there are a bunch of different angles. So we, you know, we're professors, so we like to spend a lot of time slicing and dicing in multiple different directions. And how do you get to be a professor of evacuation and walking and biking? You spend a long time in the library. Uh, I would do that. <laughs> I don't mind sitting in the library. Chris, you would do that, wouldn't you, if you could get paid uh, to talk, fun. About, yeah, talk about biking? You wouldn't have yeah. to play the guitar every night like this. Oh, I wish that, that that were the case. That would be awesome. That you could quit being a rock star and be a professor of evacuation. Maybe not that particular field, but... Uh, what would you yeah. like to do? You know, I actually trained at Tulane as a, a PhD candidate in cell and molecular biology, so I have been in the okay. world of academia. Now we're really getting it. <laughs> yeah. And how far did you get with your PhD I, program? I, you know, I, I taught there. I, I did three years, and then my... my you were a professor of I'm cellular biology? I'm not a professor, biology. no. Okay, um, well, you were a, when a I got When I got to the point where I had to do a, a, a research project... I realized it was not for me, and I quit, and they gave me a master's. That was the going away present. But yeah, I had I was at Tulane for several years. So you were so you have a master's in in what exactly? Cell and molecular biology, which is you know genes, cells, t- uh, you know smaller and smaller mole- molecular level uh, biology. So and at what point did you realize that? It's never showbiz, gonna, never baby. <laughs> what happened? Though? You know, honestly, I was I was working in. Um, the thing I did for fun was I, I did a, a television sketch comedy show. Okay. And I started devoting a lot of time to this. This was in New Orleans you did this television sketch comedy. This is Tulane student television. Right. Eventually, we, were, we produced 13 half hours of sketch comedy shows. What was that called? It was called Comic Angst. Comic Angst. And, they, and we had our own channel. Tulane had its own channel. Yeah. And because there was so, few, so little programming on this channel, they repeated these a lot. And all of a sudden, like, we were kind of like semi-famous in town yeah. there's five of us doing this and uh, I just and, and I quit and I went and I decided I wanted to do that and I went to UNO for film school I was at UNO for, for grad film school and then my band started taking off in the middle before I could finish that and I'm still doing my band since then so you were playing music the whole time yes so you had a yeah. choice between being an actor playing in a rock band or being an academic in the cellular molecular biology field yeah yeah well, the idea was eventually you get an MD with that. I, I'm half Chinese. You have to understand the immigrant instinct and the, a constant drive to, to, uh, to have children who are doctors is, is just overwhelming. So I was just following orders. Who's, who's Chinese? Point. One of your parents my, is Chinese. My father, yeah. And my you're f- from Alaska originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew, I grew up, my brother and I grew up in Alaska, and uh, my dad's from Hong Kong. And, uh, How the hell did he go from he met, Hong well, Kong to he, Alaska? He, met, he, came, he immigrated here. I'm sorry, this is becoming like a personal uh, no, biography. Like, I already did my Sparta story. So. <laughs> I don't have anything. You're next, Billy. You know, you're just a plain old white vanilla guy. Uh, with pretty no, much. No, no Sparta or Hong no Kong or Hong anything. Hong Kong, no Alaska, no nothing. Oh, well, we'll, get, well, we'll make, make something up. You've got like five minutes okay, to, like, to like, turn it. to you and ask you some embarrassing question. So how did your dad get so, Hong, from Hong Kong to Alaska? So uh, he, he, he came to America to, to, to study uh, engineering in college. He ended up at the University of Missouri. Where he met my mom, mm-hmm. and uh, he worked for a big engineering firm, 
in uh, Columbia, Missouri after, after college for a few years. They said, well, there's a big pipeline being built in Alaska. This is 1977. Right. We need engineers. Do you want to transfer up there? And they, you know, to go up there then, Anchorage, Alaska, even then, was like 50,000 people and mostly dirt roads outside of like the central city. Yeah. Maybe one building over 10 stories tall. And so he moved up there and a year later started his own company. And, and uh, he's still there. My parents are still there. Your parents are still in Anchorage. <laughs> yeah. And what does he do there? He's an engineer. Did engineer, he, but quickly, you know, engineer and construction kind of go together. So did he, does, he build the pipeline? Is he responsible all the, for some know, of the pipeline? Not the pipeline itself, but they have a lot of auxiliary. You know, like when they're building the pipeline, they got to have places where people live and eat and, right. you know, roads. So, so what, happens when the, what happens when the oil stops running through the pipeline, which apparently it's going to do, right? Right. Professor? That's right. Of evacuation? We're going to get a trickle. Uh, and then we're going to be in trouble. So what's going to happen to the, the guys? He's ready to retire now, so he doesn't care. So he's all set. Yeah. Does he have a bike? <laughs> he hates bikes. He hates bikes. <laughs> he hates walking, too. <laughs> he would drive a block if, if, it, if uh, he could. He will. Now, that's a lot of Americans are like that, yeah. though. Chinese or not, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that what you say that, Dan, as well? That a lot of Americans don't want to bike or walk around. Uh, they don't realize how easy it can be or how... Uh, what a good option it can be you know uh, how can it be a good option if you're living you know somewhere like anchorage where it's freezing it's okay here so well i've been told anchorage isn't as cold as people think it is i've never been there can it's uh it's that? probably not but it's still you know it's, i mean it's still it's, alaska it's but still alaska yeah it's not as cold as you think it is but it's still cold it's still I, freezing it's comparable right to now. chicago would you want to bike a lot in chicago in the winter a lot of you know, people like, do what chicago about minneapolis they you know they've shown that cold weather doesn't really seem to diminish uh, the amount of people that are out there using you know, transportation besides cars. Yeah, New, what about New, yeah. Orleans, New Orleans is actually sixth in the country in terms of uh, uh, biking uh, share, and Minneapolis is actually number two in the country. Biking share meaning percentage of people who are biking Pers instead of right to to work the to work only right, and that's the only way they can they measure it. Generally. Are we going to have any work after the world comes to an end and there's no more oil? I mean, what are we going to all do? You we're might have a job because you're going to be right because I know, study it. Yeah, so you're studying right, people walking well around, and we're all going to be walking around. Right. Yeah. But the, the idea is how do you transition effectively? And we've got, you know, in the neighborhood of 50 to 75 years probably before we really experience the, the sort of major conditions. Uh, but we're already experiencing increases in price. So over time, we really need to figure out how we're going to transition. And that, that's really that's what I study most of the time when I'm not at meetings and, and hanging out. <laughs> when you're not having right. a Kentucky, what is it? What uh, a little bourbon and ginger ale. Bourbon and ginger ale. Yeah. So you've, we've got 50 to 75 years before we have to worry about this. Before, before the oil runs out. Before, well, the oil isn't going to run out immediately. What happens is that the oil gets harder and harder to find. And I think that's what right. we saw with the, with the oil in the Gulf last year. You start to get to these extreme oil places where it's harder and harder to find. And we're, yeah. we're at about halfway through the oil reserves. And the second half of the oil reserves is actually much more complicated to tap. And so it gets more expensive and their environmental so risks get higher. So we're at that point now when you say halfway. Right. So halfway, when did we start? was probably in the 1800s. And we're halfway from 1800, and we're going to use the rest of the half in the, ne well, well, the well, first half well, took 200 years. Up. Right. And we've the next half's going to take 50. We've speeded up dramatically because you have China and India and those uh, countries developing fast and starting to use petroleum. Yeah, but petroleum. We, will, we will hear this in the news all the time, right? You guys, I mean, you hear this stuff all the time. Oh, China and India, everyone's going to start using this, and they all yep. want cars, and they want this, and they want that, and it's going to change everything. But is it really? It, it, it actually is. It really uh, is going to yeah. happen. Yeah, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on <clears throat> oil in this country. And we talk about domestic oil, but oil actually ends up on the, on the open market. And so we can have all the domestic oil we want, right. but it comes out on the open market, and then they claim it, and the prices okay. go up, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so here's the big question then about this, because I wonder if anybody knows the answer to this. I never have been able to figure this out. When they say that the open market drives the price of oil up, right. and we're all paying more for oil because people are bidding it up on the market, who are the people who are actually bidding it up? Who are these people who are buying this oil? Speculators. Speculators. Who are they, though? What do they look like? What Hedge are their names? funds. Are they? Are they? Yeah, absolutely. Chris, is that Kennedy? true? Yes, yes, absolutely. They say, I see an opportunity to make money, and it doesn't matter what the social cost is or what the environmental cost or any of that. What it is is like, well, it's a billion dollar plus for me, Warren Buffett, you know. Is a kind of guy. That's, a, that's what people. these kind of. That's who's yes. that who. That's who's driving our economy into the toilet. 
are guys who are making billions of dollars. And don't and pay just, taxes and on top of that. On top of that. just individual guys. It's not oil companies. The oil company is not the bad guy then. Is that true? The oil companies well, are not the bad guys in as, in as much as that they just make money off of it. But, you know, you know who the real bad guys are? I think we should have, instead of paying sort of this uh, mantra of like, oh, we've got to get off foreign oil, every president, there's those YouTube right. videos where every right. president says the same exact thing. Why not actually do it? You know, there's a lot of a lot of of, of, of prospects for switching to clean energy. Uh, title, uh, you know, my father's involved in a title project, for example. What is um, that? Title is just the power of the the natural power of the waves. We saw it in the tsunami. Oh, tidal with a D. Tidal. Oh, yes. tidal. Okay, yeah. The, it is so, and it's you know it's driven by the moon. It just happens. <laughs> You can you can harness this and and you can it, you can. And what power would you do? All the beautiful beaches we have around the world, no, it's, we, we'll it's put out, some giant thing on there. It's it's out in the in a bay. It's usually in a bay where they have very like large tidal swings, and when the water rushes in, mm. it turns the generators one way, and when the water runs out, it turns the generators the other way. That sounds it's simple. A, a very simple and and actually proven technology. It's from it's from the sixties and fifties even, and yet. You know, with this new... I'm sorry, I'm going off a tangent here, but I happen to know a lot about this. My, my dad is trying to get this thing going in, in Alaska, and it would seriously power... This one tidal project would power 70% of the electricity in... For the, uh, 70% of the population of Alaska for something like 2.6 cents per kilowatt. By comparison, an, an energy bill is something like 35 cents per okay. kilowatt. So way cheaper, right? Okay, yes. Like by a factor of 10, at least. Okay. And it would cost, you know, a significant upfront investment of, you know, a couple billion dollars. But it would be forever. And it would be absolutely clean. Instead, the, even this, the Obama administration, who's like very dedicated supposedly to, to clean energy, you know what they're, they're pushing? The windmills. Why? They're, they're manufactured by GE. And GE is, Jeffrey okay. Emelt is in the cabinet, basically. So, so, so they've been pushing out proven technologies that are not going to make these same corporations that we just talked about <laughs> money. So basically, if you're a little guy, if you're just a regular person in this country, we're screwed. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> just we, forget it. Should we just forget it? We or should. should we, or, <laughs> no, we should. Or should we try and help your dad make this title thing happen? How? How? Uh, you tell me. What does he need? All, all he needs is a billion dollars. He needs a billion bucks. Right. 2.5. 2.5 billion. How much yeah. has he got? Zero. Nothing. Yeah. So well, no, I mean, you, no, can't, you can't do that kind of thing without government involvement. But, you know. Well, what's a Trish? Google. Google. Trish says, what about huh? Google? Because they have that box that the uh, guy... Uh, the Google box. I don't know what you're Google. talking about. Anyway, there's another <laughs> energy. Uh-huh. Some guy's got a battery. Google are backing this guy with oh, really? The guy with the battery. Wow. So, I, I will look into the Google, Google box. But, no, no, but it's whoever... No, this guy takes <laughs> Check different out. entrepreneurs, small guys, and who have great ideas. Oh, and backs things like... Okay. So, so has your dad got some sort of... Anyone behind him at all? Is it just... This is not, not his idea. Some guy sitting up no, asking some crazy guy. No, it absolutely is his idea. But he does, he does have backing okay. because, like I said, it is a proven technology. It, it's been done... Uh, the, the company... Where was it proven? In France. France has uh, has title generated, and it was your dad's idea, and the French did it. No, no, they did it, but he's his idea to bring it to Alaska because they have a, they have a specific ah. big tide there. Anywhere the big okay. tide, they're doing it in China. The New China Zealand, is doing this before America. China, yeah. Okay, wait a second. China. <laughs> Do you have a Chinese now? passport? Can you go there because you dad's No, I'm Chinese. American. China. I'm American. But you can't get in. I I still have to get a, a visa. To go in there. Okay. But I mean, you couldn't, if everything goes to hell here, you couldn't move to China with your family. Mm, I don't think so. He's a naturalized citizen. Yeah, but does he have dual citizenship? Because maybe we need to no. get to know him pretty No, no. His, his father fought on the Chiang Kai Shek side. He's on the wrong side of so the whole thing. So, okay. Yeah. So he's hopeless yeah, yeah, too. Forget it. Okay. So, Dan, <laughs> do you know anything about the title project? I know what Chris just said about it. That's it. You've never heard of it. <laughs> no, I've heard of it before, but I didn't know nearly the level of detail that, that Chris The has. rock and roll guy. My, my dad's not an engineer trying to build what is your dad a doing? million dollar project. <laughs> what does your dad do? Uh, my dad works for everyone's least favorite company right now, AT&T. He does? Yes. Is he, can you explain why the calls get dropped constantly? He doesn't work in that department. He ah, works in the really cool this. stuff. The what? telepresence, the, the fancy video conference. Telepresence. Yeah. 
It sounds really high tech. We've got some interesting dads going on here <laughs> as well. Telepresence, isn't that's like go to meeting or net meeting or one of these Skype meeting type things? Yeah, it's a, lo- a lot more expensive because it's like high definition. It's um, really? Yeah, so it's, you know, there's, it there's a big monitor Are people on the using one end of the room. If you're a rich corporation that's maybe destroying right. America. G. G. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure G. I know the federal government is one of his biggest clients. So they're trying to do that to uh, save the world by u- traveling less. So they use their video conferencing. So he's it. in the same kind of a field as you are, except he's working for a multi-billion yeah, giant corporation exactly. and you're working for the state of Louisiana. More or less. Sounds like a great way to describe it. Do you talk about the, the future with your dad much, about where we're going? Um, we, we debate it and argue it. We're kind of on different sides. You're on different sides. Okay, we're so on, what, side, what side's he on? He's a little more conservative. I'm a little more liberal. He's a little country and you're a little rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's, his, what's his position? Uh, well, I mean, he's a Northeast Republican, so he's, he's not hardcore socially conservative or anything like that. No, but what does he, what, what he see? I don't mean like politically necessarily, but where is the future going as far as energy with his concern? I mean, what's his, he, what, how is he saving the world, in his opinion, by using telepresence that differs from your opinion? Oh, we haven't really talked about it from that angle. So, but, I mean, I guess ultimately, less, if you're doing your meetings over telepresence, you're not traveling, you're not driving, right. you're not so flying. Right, so you're not making so a carbon footprint. Smaller inside. carbon footprint, yeah. Right. So what's your position? My position? I think uh, I'd like to have telepresence. It looks like a fun toy. But, and it saves the planet. To but you're things. saying it's not going to help, really, because we're going to help. Well, in the big picture, <laughs> it's still using electricity, so it's creating a carbon footprint somewhere. So what do you think we should be using? Tidal? Tidal sounds like a good option. Other than that. Well, Tidal makes electricity. Tidal. I mean, there's a million. That's just one example. There's a lot of there's a lot of examples like that. You know, I mean, yeah. solar power seems but, good too for some areas. I mean, they they said something about if you covered 10 percent of Arizona with solar panels, you could power the entire country. Whether that's practical or not, probably not. But it, you know, at least you could power well, Arizona and, and New and, Mexico. And the the way it really, you, you're never going to have one solution. You have to have multiple solutions. So 70 yeah. percent of our oil basically is used for transportation, and 50 percent of our trips are within three miles. So if we started walking and biking for those trips, you can actually make a, a significant contribution to decreasing our oil. And that's just one that's piece of serious. the puzzle. That's, now that's useful information, Professor. See, we, Good in job. our meetings we talk yeah, about it. I'm glad you studied that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so how do you conv- but that, that's very convincing. So if we all stopped using our cars or, or just oil-based use transportation yeah. for, th- for any journeys three miles or less, which is not that far on a bike, actually, three miles, right. is it? Right, I just doesn't wrote it right now. Doesn't take that long. Doesn't yeah. take that long to, to bike three miles. Right. Do you wear a helmet? I do wear a helmet. Do you guys? Do you wear a helmet as well, Dan? Half the time. Half the time. Chris, do you have a bike? You just get crashed. I bike a lot. <laughs> you bike a lot. Do you have a helmet? No, I don't have a helmet. I don't have a helmet either. Yeah. So I don't New, like New Orleans actually, we we actually measured this, uh, and New Orleanians wear their helmets only about nine percent for bike trips. In cities like Minneapolis and Seattle, it's about 75 percent of trips. So we, we ride a lot, but we, uh, we ride a little bit less safely. Because we're sort of a... We have so many smooth roads, it doesn't right. matter and here because it's we, such and a great place to ride a bike. And we trust all our fantastic drivers. Yeah, uh, well, now we have this whole thing where you have to be three feet away in a car from a driver. So uh, you, Right, you, so we just use the law and okay, luck. How, uh, do you, how do you stop idiots on bicycles from biking on main roads here in New Orleans? Well, that's the problem as far you, as... You don't stop it. There's nothing illegal about that. There's nothing illegal, but it's, it's idiotic. It's you have not to be, idiotic. As it long is as, totally idiotic. No, as, you long as, you, okay, as long as you, you as a cyclist... I'll be your dad. All right. As long as you as a cyclist are riding legally and safely, you can exercise it and, and not endanger yourself, not endanger other people. You, you know, you can't control what all the other motorists on the road are doing, but... Okay, let me... You can, okay, let's go... Let's make a really good example. Then, all right. Okay? Magazine Street. There's people parked on both sides of the street. It's super narrow. And you have to stay three feet away from a, from a bicycle if, you, if you're driving a car, okay? So now you've got people three feet away from parked vehicles on the left and three feet away from parked vehicles on the right, which is a total of six feet, which pushes cars right within millimeters of each other into the middle of the road. And, and, that, would only, and that only works if the guy on the bicycle or the woman on the bicycle is hard up against the parked cars, which they're not, because half of these morons are opening their car doors as you're biking past. So it's absolutely impossible to drive down Magazine Street when someone's biking, and it's impossible to bike down Magazine Street when people are driving. Is we're all going to kill each other. What's, what's well, in, oh, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't personally ride on Magazine Street for exactly. a long stretch. Because exactly. 
it's not because it's idiotic. Not that it's not well, maybe yes. idiotic, but thank you. No, but it's not an enjoyable experience to ride on a long stretch because it's narrow and there is a lot of traffic. And it's, it's scary. scary. What are my when I'm trying to get to my destination on yeah. Magazine Street, I'll ride a block or two, and if a car needs to pass me, they can pass me when it's safe and there's no oncoming traffic. But how Otherwise, do we, they, they wait until it's safe to pass, just like, you know... But this is what you do for a living, right? Yeah. How do you get people to get off of Magazine Street and get onto these... Uh, do we have, bike, we have bike paths here, right? We have, a, we have a sort of... This is what you're doing, correct? You're making, like, safe routes to get to school and safe routes to get to work and safe places to ride bikes. That's what we're trying to do, yeah. Right. So how's that working out? I mean, do we have that yet? Uh, we're getting there. There's a lot more than there were just five years ago. Uh, we're up to about 40 miles in the city itself. Uh, which is uh, you know, eight times what there was just five years ago. Uh, but there's still a lot more to do and to make it cover new parts of the city and have them all interconnect. Um, Where do they go now? I mean, do they just run like in a couple of blocks here and a couple of blocks there, or are they connected? Um, some of them have started connecting. Basically, they've been coming along as road projects come up, taking that opportunity to add a bike lane, add a shared lane. Um, so the, the system is still young enough that not every bike lane out there connects to another bike lane, but you know, it, it still you know, has a purpose. It's building the network and you know, serves those local destinations. And is that what you're doing every day, trying to convince? I mean, who do you have to convince? What, what do you actually do at your job every day? <laughs> what, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, you Justify know, your I, existence. <laughs> I sit around and I, I do what Billy does, except I study bike now. Um, there's... Our program mostly focuses on the the soft programmatic side of things. Uh, uh, trying no, to I'm already lost. <laughs> two, two words, soft programmatic, and I'm what does that mean? Well, I'm getting there. Okay. All right. So, trying to educate the the idiotic people, as you call them, yes, uh, to understand what the rules of the road are, how to ride safely, how to ride predictably, um, addressing motorists so that they know how to how do you you know, drive on a road around pedestrians, around cyclists, so that you keep everyone safe. Right now we've got uh, a media campaign going on. Uh, you may have heard uh, the commercials on the radio or seen some of the, the billboards or, or bus advertisements around town. And that campaign is focused on uh, pedestrian safety and, and crossing the street safely, mo- motorists stopping for pedestrians in crosswalks, and pedestrians using the crosswalks so that they're being predictable in, in what they're You've doing. You've got a road safety campaign? Yeah. I've heard it. Yes, what does it say? So, so what it does it say? Look, it's just look like, as like be, you know, if you're on a bike, look which look what you're doing. Watch out for the guys on the bikes, and also if you're on a bike, watch right. Well, uh, we did is it a bike ways. We did a bike one last year. This yeah. year is, is about pedestrians. So, yeah. you know, we're trying to, to address both. What's topics. the connection between pedestrians and cyclists? Uh, they're both what we, you would call vulnerable roadway users because you know they're not surrounded by the, a couple tons of steel. So. Right. You know, when someone makes a mistake, whether it's the pedestrian or the motorist, the pedestrian is usually the one that suffers more. So we're trying to, <laughs> okay. you know, get... So, so you're all about road safety? Is that the whole gig? I mean, the, the ultimate goal of our program is to increase safety for everybody. That's what the pedestrian and bicycle program is. It's a safety program. Yes. Safety, so, you know, make ah. it safer and, and promote, okay. promote the forms of transportation, encourage trans- those transportation options. Okay, so Billy, you're involved in trying to get people to get on bikes and walk around. Right. And, and Dan, you're involved with trying to get them to stay safe. Yes. And if only Dan and together. I talk together more often. <laughs> if only you guys near each other, this is why right. it's a beautiful thing, having a cocktail party like this. Right. But the, the, uh, can we go back to the idiots on Magazine Street for yes, a second? Yes, of course we can. So one way to handle this is actually to make it safer on, on adjacent roads, uh, to encourage people to ride on adjacent roads, because right. then you can, you can get people to their destinations on Magazine Street, and you can create these kind of roads that are adjacent to Magazine Street that are safer. Well, there and, are roads created already. Well, there, there are, but people there's, live there are them. lots of stop signs and whatnot, which and you can do, and mile. Well, what you can do is you can create these things called bicycle boulevards, and they've done this a lot in Portland. And what they are is they basically encourage you to ride on these streets. They make it a little bit harder for cars to drive on it. They say cars, you can go two or three blocks, but you can't go straight through for a long distance. And they decrease the number of stop signs and they let cyclists go through, so they make it safer. And in Portland, a huge number of trips happen on these bicycle boulevards. It's safe. It's fun. Neighbors like it because they don't have speeding traffic. And then cars and uh, don't have the cyclists on Magazine Street. It gets safer. It's fun. So you, uh, what is Portland what's, number one? 
Portland is number one. I would right. guess that. Right. Portlandia. You guys seen Port- this show? I haven't. I have not watched <laughs> it yet. Yeah. You guys got to see yeah. it. What, what's, the, uh, what's the fun aspect of riding your bike down a bike boulevard? Well, there are fewer cars, so all of a are sudden there... you can talk to people who are next to you. Uh, when I've been out in Portland, I'll, I'll be sitting out there riding along, and we just strike up a conversation, and all of a sudden there's not this scream of cars. Right. There are people out in their yards because it's really relaxed. So the, the people in the neighborhoods like it. The people on the bikes like it. It's safer. And then the people on Magazine Street who are driving like it more. Because the it's bikes cheap. are gone. It's totally cheap. That's the best part about all this. And are we doing it? We are. It's in our master plan right now. But, but doing getting it in the master plan and implementing it is two different things. So you have a master plan for New Orleans. Yeah, the city. And you're looking at a program for the state. Yes. And who's looking at the federal thing with this? All the bike lanes join up and we can bike to California. Right. I actually, I used to work in D.C., so I, I used to do that. Okay. Uh, and uh, that, I was joking. <laughs> yeah. There, there really there is actually, someone doing that. There actually is. Uh, they've got a, a long way to go. I just don't how you get these jobs. It's, it's amazing. Right. You I hear guess, about like this said, gig. I'd love to have that gig. A ton of time in the libraries yeah. and then you sell yourself uh, and say, I know, I, know what I'm I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Right. That's it. Good heavens. Have you ever thought about giving it up and, you know, singing? For a living? Singing? No, I, I like I like this idea. If I if I had skills, that would be what I would really yeah, I'm, do. I'm not a good singer. Right. Have, so. you, have you ever heard Chris's band Supergroup? I have. What do you think? You're They're a good. fan? They are good. Yeah. Chris, you want to play something right now while we're I'd here? I'd rather just have this conversation. Oh, we would like to hear. No, <laughs> I know you I'm would, having but. such a good time. <laughs> Could you sing I, a song about Tidal Power? <laughs> yes, you actually a can. jingle. I should write a jingle. I'll be yeah, back. That will help your dad Tyler. get his five two minutes to leave the room and write a jingle about. Let me tell you, you guys you want to hear another Alaska centric story? Yeah. So my dad, it's a small state, like I said. My dad, uh, I thought it was huge. I mean, population wise. Okay. It's a, it's like living in a tiny town, and he brought up this idea for this. Uh, another idea he had was there's this oil pipeline from. The, the, the very north slope all the way to Valdez and ships come and take the oil away. With every oil field is associated a natural gas find as well. And the natural gas find on the north slope of Alaska is incredible. It, they have to shove it. They, they have no way to, to get it anywhere. Okay. So they shove it back into the ground at 22,000 pounds per square inch PSI. Like it's incredibly difficult. To keep this gas from right. just getting away. you got to plug it up, basically. They plug it up, and they keep shoving it back in, and they keep pump, pumping out oil. So the oil's running out, as you, as you guys know, but there's this massive find of gas. And they're like, well, it's still only $4, or whatever the unit is, uh, for, for natural gas. So it's not worth it for the gas companies to take it to market from, to build a pipeline. But uh, the state of Alaska is like, well, we are, are going to need these tax revenues soon. So they've been really pushing it. And the oil companies are just like, what are you going to do? Nope, not going to do it. So Sarah Palin becomes governor. Yes. Now, here's the interesting part. Sarah Palin becomes governor. Yes. And she's like, she ran on a platform of, I'm going to get this gas to market. I, I, it's, if I do anything, I'm going to get this gas to market. Is she the only person that talks like that in, yes. in Alaska? No, I don't know where, what, where, where that came from. Where did she get from. that accent from? I, did she, I feel like she was incubated in Minnesota or something, or maybe Canada. She doesn't make any sense. Nobody talks no, like there's that. There's no one who talks like that. No. Is she the best-looking woman in Alaska? She's pretty good-looking. It's hard for me not to use the word retard in this next sentence, so I'm just going to... Be careful. You'll okay. get a yeah. cease and desist well, letter. You, uh, you could have a... We can cut that out later. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, she, whatever your impressions of her are, are probably true, except she's dumber. She is a moron. Is that what you were going to say? Re- she oh, is was a moron. Say retard. She's, she's a moron. an absolute moron. She okay. should put her son Trig in charge of, of her intellectual capabilities. So anyways... What's Trig like? I have no idea. So he's, I haven't lived there in 20 years, so I don't not, know. I just he's not know. the guy with Down syndrome, is he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh, he has? Yeah. Okay. I went there. I just said I wasn't going to go there, and I just went there. <laughs> so anyway, she ran on this platform. She's going she's gonna to sell gas. Okay. So um, far, it sounds pretty good, though. Right? Sounds great. So What's she gets, moronic about that? She gets into office, and uh, she's like, I'm going to get it to market, not by the 800-mile route from the north slope of Alaska to Valdez, but I want to sell it to Canada, which is a 2,500-mile route. That's longer, by my figuring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Far more expensive, and, and it takes a lot of energy to keep this gas compressed and cold. It's, it's liquid natural gas. Okay. And if, is, it, is it a liquid, by the way? It's no, a, no, it's no. It's a gas and a liquid. But to transport it, they... Oh, they, you transfer, you they transfer it into a liquid. It, they 
get it really oh, cold, it like negative 250 degrees, and, and turn right. it into a liquid. Okay, and then they, she then it goes in the pipeline to, in this case. So the idea is they're going to send it. Her idea was they were going to send it to Canada, and then what do you think the can, Canadians were going to do with it? This Canadian. Oh, okay. This is, were, a, is this a question? Is this a rhetorical You would think they were going we to sell to it. No, this is what they wanted to do. There's this massive oil shale thing. Oil shale is like this rock with oil like embedded in it. And the only way to get the oil out of it is to burn it, to melt it. So they were going to send gas to Canada to make this. And it's a huge environmental waste pit when they do this. To Just melt shale. Tremendous, to tremendous oil. amount of CO2 to create oil for the Canadians to sell to China. <laughs> okay, that's a good story. That's a genius strategy, <laughs> no? I don't actually... Right? But, but you, you said she's moronic, so... Well, I mean, the idea is that if there was a federal investigation of her, I bet there's some offshore accounts in the name of the company that, you know, when she changed her mind to go from the Alaska route to the Canadian route... Somebody was paying her off to do that. I is guarantee what you. you. It's, it was like a billion dollars, uh, half a billion dollars... She ended up paying this company, and they didn't. They're not building this thing. They're they not get, doing it. They get paid regardless. So you tell me, who I got paid? Does you think she got something out of that as well? I'm positive she did. Wow, we're really and we're really in some dangerous investigative journalism going on here. Yeah, I thought I, mean, I was trying to called, get you to play a it's song. It's called logic. And... I mean, it's called the <laughs> Occam's rule, Occam's razor of like, what is the shortest. What is, the, what is the simplest solution? What's the most solution? simple explanation yeah. is Occam's razor, right? So, and the most simple explanation is this, that uh, the governor of Alaska is a moron. She came up with a moronic idea to take gas out of the ground to and sell money. it to Canadians to burn it, show to buy oil. If you're trying to make money. It sounds like a good idea if you're trying to make a lot of money, but she didn't pull it off, so I guess that doesn't make her anything. No, I'm saying she you would have been better to play the song. Nah, forget it. <laughs> yes. I'm too depressed you're, to play now. <laughs> play. Come on. You can't, you can't back down now. I think these guys will be shocked at what you sound oh, like. crap. This is horrible. Is it a horrible song? I forgot what I was going to play. You're going to play, um, let, me, let me have a look at my notes here. I think it was what the title we? jingle. And the sun will still shine, <laughs> oh, we said okay. we were going to play, which I is actually, very appropriate. It is, it is appropriate, because I actually wrote this for my dad. Well, I've never been clever when I shout at the weather. I just raise my fist and I yell. Like many other things I can't seem to bring Under the power of my will Wish I could believe Someday I'm gonna change Wish I could believe In more than some days More than some days Shine on, shine Was picking and grinning while the whirlwind blows. Guess it ain't in my makeup to be calm in the shakeup whose outcome the Lord only knows. Getting down is a pattern I found, but I can't seem to help it sometimes. When you expect so much of the world, but the world, the world pays no mind, and the sun will still shine. And the rain goes away, and the sun was to shine. Shine on, shine on. Can I another drink? Shine on, What are you drinking? Uh, whiskey and water. Sometimes I wish I'd heard, dear old dad, he said, keep your feet on the ground. This was hard to swallow Cause he didn't follow The advice of his very own mouth And just like me The world disappoints him constantly Yet he still believes He believes In someday And the sun will still shine When the ring goes away And the sun will still shine Shine on, shine on me Shine on, shine on And the sun will still shine Yeah. 
Oh, you're too kind. That was horrible. I apologize. It wasn't actually horrible. It was great. Doesn't that doesn't that feel good to be able to do that? Sometimes, yeah. It must yeah. be great to be able to just put everything aside and never mind the oil running out and all. You're the right. Stuff. It, you just pick up a guitar and that, sing. That is nice. That is nice. It must be. It's a great gift. I isn't should it? do like a Bob Dylan folk album where I inspire the people to revolt. What do you think, huh? What would be the yeah. object of the revolution? To take down these corporations that don't pay taxes. At what? least make them pay taxes. That, well, that At would be, least that. That would be a really lame kind of a, a folk song, though. Yeah. Please pay taxes. Pay your Mr. taxes, BP. Yeah. <laughs> pay your taxes, GE. No, I think you're onto something already. Mm-hmm. You've already got a chorus. We could do that game where everybody writes a line and then pass it around. You What's know, that called? It, it, uh, you know it's, 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 it seems silly, but that's the kind of thing that I think this country needs is, is people to actually get behind something as simple as that. And how would you do... I mean, that's what you guys are all about, too. Do you think that, that rock and roll could unite us still to do no, something like that? No, absolutely not. They, the rock, even rock and roll is controlled by the corporations. Are you kidding me? You, you've worked in radio your whole <laughs> life. What do you, you know better. That's true, but there's, no, there's, there's got to be someone has got to come along, some statesman, some rock person, some Bob Dylan-like person, here's or the, you. Here's the thing, Grant. You know, you would think, like, now that distribution over things like the internet, YouTube and stuff mm. is free. That, I think we have, we have a little window, but it's closing fast. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna net neutrality is gonna, gonna, gonna basically... It's gonna choke that off as well. Choke that off as well, so. Do you have a record label? Are you on a label now? You have a record coming out now. You know, we, we kind of do. We, we, we did three records for this label. We owe them a fourth. And with the, the way the things are going in the industry, they were like, well, we still own your next record, but we only want to give you half as much money. So we were like, okay, drop us. <laughs> You're right. So they dropped us. But we were smart enough to build our own studio. So we have the, the tools at our disposal. We made another record. We shopped it around. We went back, including the label that this we is Food Chain us, Records. Food Chain. And they were like, okay, we want to put it out. And I was like, here's the deal <laughs> you can give me the price you wanted to pay, but you're licensing it and we own the masters. So that's what we did. So it was a compromise. So they dropped you. You went back to the same label. They've, they've picked you up at a more advantageous position to at, you. At the price they wanted. But instead of them owning our masters, we own our masters. So it's a good thing that you went to Tulane and got a degree yeah, in I'm a tough Almost a PhD. I will say that. Because people on rock and roll aren't that smart, <laughs> by and large, quite frankly, are they? I don't know. It depends on who you meet. You By know. and large, they're not By that large, smart. In the record business either, they're not that smart. The mo- I, w- I have to say, though, most of the successful people I know that I run across are fairly smart. Yeah, they're the successful. That's how you, you get know. successful, I think, probably. Yeah. Don't you think? They pay attention to the money. And know? so can you make money out of this record now? Suppose a few people buy it. I don't know. We'll f- it's a big experiment. We'll see what happens. We, we did keep our costs low, so our, our, uh, our ability to, uh, you know, the other great thing about about getting dropped is we owe the label 600 grand on the new deal we only owe them what they advanced for the new record so we basically erase that debt so the, how yeah. crazy is that for yeah. them so yeah. i guess they write off the 600,000 what well, are they it's a write off to them what do they spent 600,000 on you is well, it, it was three the records drugs? three records they made nothing no they made i mean we we sold we've sold some records but i mean what they did radio, we had three top 40 singles. You know how much that costs. All the so they had to, pay off to, they do got to pay off to get a top oh, yeah. 40 single. But so if each single alone costs 150 grand, 50,000, right. 100,000 a record, that's right there. There's the money all gone. Mm-hmm. But I thought that what they did is the record company spent, it used to be like when I was in radio, it was about $100,000 to have a hit, basically. It cost you $100,000 to have a hit song. Yeah. Now it's 150. But I thought, but I was never on the record company side of it, I thought that the record company was making a lot more than that out of it. That that was their investment. That was their buy-in, and yeah. then they buy the in, return and the, and was the, the record re- sales. The return is to get record sales. Well, in the last decade, as you know, the record sales do not correlate with radio play. Right. You know, there is no relationship anymore at all. Almost zero, unless you're in the top ten. So, what's the point of getting on radio now? Then I don't. I don't see a point. There isn't. No. So there's n- now that we're running our own label, we're not going to try. We're gonna so, we're gonna go straight to the the tools at our disposal we're making filmed entertainment we're making videos we made a TV pilot <laughs> about a scripted pilot about ourselves and we're just going to put it on the internet and just everything that you watch will have a thing like buy the record here buy the song you like that did you like that well you, could, you if you like that <laughs> song 
If you like that, you can click here and you can buy an AK pack. That's, okay, that's and idea. that's the only way to do it now. And so we'll where, would, where would I go to do to find that? Uh, when it comes out, which is in three weeks. Um, by the, by the t- well, this is going to be, we had this up on the web in, uh, you know, in, a couple, in a day or two, but then it stays on there forever. You know, so all, all someone the, listening to this. April 26th, it comes out everywhere. Amazon, okay. iTunes, anywhere you would buy an MP3, it'll be available. But how would I hear about it? I mean, I used to, you know, put on the radio. Oh, 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 oh. Go, go, to, go just, just search Supergroup. We're on Facebook. We're on MySpace. We have a website, all that stuff. So, and, Supergroup and it, is S-U-P-A yeah. group. And, and we it, have a link to it on our site as yeah. well, of course. But if I'd never heard of the band and I'm, you know, 12 years old and I like rock and roll, and I've, how do I find Supergroup now? I now mean, there's no radio. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. I really don't know. No clue. No. So, you haven't thought about that? Well, I mean, we have a certain amount of fan. We have a fan base. Yeah, but I mean, I'm a new guy. I mean, I just came along, and it's been how long since your last? Well, you record? tell me. Okay, if, I will. All you right. tell me uh, okay. if if uh, if it costs. Okay, if for all you people, how many people it, in this room are, have been in radio besides me and Grant? One, two, three, four. So you guys know. On average, quite there's a, few. a payola, right? You guys know about that. So we just went through this several times, and I can tell you with absolute certainty, payola never went away. They just sort of moved, shuffled things around. So if you want to be on a station, there's an intermediate called an indie that gets you know, $1,500 to $2,500, depending on the size of the market, just to open the door for you. And that means your song has a chance on that station. doesn't mean it's going to be a hit. But just to open the door, you've got to pay these things. It'll get pl- it'll lose, it'll play. It'll get played. And then you multiply that times the, the number of stations on that chart, which is around 70, 80. Our, our chart would be active rock, 70, 80 stations. So do the math. It's a lot of money just to get the shot. Right. Right? And we, we did that. We did it several times. And, and we, you know, we did the tours where we would go and we'd play these, these, these festivals for free. What's we, the question going to be? The question is, you know, you have to be able to break through, I think, viral marketing. Yeah. You know, well, that's what everybody's looking for, this viral thing you put on the internet, yeah. and the next thing you know, 35 million people have watched it and sent it mm-hmm. to their friends because it's got a cat or something in it. Yeah. Do you have a cat? <laughs> or it's stupid. Or it's stupid. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay, so, so like visually, we, we want to have a hook. Of course, songs all have hooks. We're, we're excellent at writing hooks. So the first single is a song called Sexy Summertime, and we, made, we just shot this video. So I was like, we've got to have a visual hook. So we just have a typical Ford commercial type video where we're the truck. And it's like, oh, Supergroup is playing, and it's a, it's a video about a you know a party at a beach and everybody's barbecuing. But what's the hook? The visual hook is this: we got some girls and put them in green screen bikinis. So, and then we got the camera to close up, get really close in on the triangles of the crotch and the and the titties and the ass. <laughs> and now we're gonna green screen it out, and it's gonna be like my face singing the song. And then the other guys in the band, in oh, you know, God. right? That's a visual hook, right? Uh, Wouldn't you want to watch that again or tell your friends about it because it's so ridiculous? So we have four videos lined up. We're, they're all in pre-production. The three are in pre-production. One is in the can. And they're all going to be they, like this? They all have a hook like and that, what's the that, song? I'm, that I'm not going to reveal. But okay. this oh, they all have a, that's, that's the one that's coming out first. And what's the song? Yeah. Sexy Summertime. Let's take a listen to a bit of Sexy Summertime. Sounds good. Oh, oh, oh. I'm turpentine now oh, oh, oh. With some friends 
Okay. And and when what is that? What a great song! When is wow, that, <laughs> that was when, amazing. When is that video going to be available then? April twenty sixth. So that's the whole. That's the first single that's coming out. Yeah. Sexy summertime. Yeah. And the and the hook is that you're going to be singing out of a woman's vagina. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. That, that's a, <laughs> whose idea was that? You're looking at him. Okay. That's all I do is and, come and up with ideas. And in the old days when you had a record label, would someone at Food Chain have to approve that and say, yes. are you kidding? That's Yeah, they would say no. No, they would. They would always say no. Yeah, and why would they have said no to that idea, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a great idea. Okay, wait. Uh, there are women in this room. Yeah, what do you guys that was think an that excellent idea? question. Allie. Iffy? Iffy. Iffy? Mindy. Iffy. Iffy. Don't care. These two aren't even don't, listening. Don't Those care. two women are just... See, they don't even care. Huh? Male? I think it's hilarious, and your oh. label would have no vision to say no to that. Exactly. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think we need to use this for bike ped. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's an interesting idea. And you? Mitch? Mitch, thumbs okay. up. Okay. Well, we do research ourselves, and our audience is 66% male. So, sorry, ladies. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, trust me, it's done with taste. You could okay. show this on television. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You could, show, you could show this to your grandma. You could. Is your dad going to see it? You would just go, oh, mom? are you kidding me? And then you would laugh. That's okay. it. Honestly. Well, I hope that goes viral for you because the music is great. and the I have a wife. Great. My wife, you know. Like, your wife is a I'm rock not, star as well. My wife is a rock star, but, but she is also like a very feminist, you know. She's very she's like, a tough, independent, cool tough woman. lady, and she thinks it's a good idea. She's one of the, one of the most successful women in, in rock history probably. I guess so, yeah. I would think. Yeah. She was the bass player in White Zombie. She's the real thing. Yeah. How did you meet, actually, the two of you? I'm you know, sorry we, to be going on. Oh, you know, we actually you, like, met in, uh, at Checkpoint Charlie's here in town. Oh, that's quite romantic. Yeah. Outside or inside? Inside, oh. yeah. And then... Wow. Uh, okay. That's a, that's a pretty nice story, actually, for yeah. Checkpoint Charlie. Because mm-hmm. most people who meet at Checkpoint Charlie's are probably drug addicts and... Transvestites and people doing their, <laughs> all people doing their laundry. Well, you you weren't in any of those. Did categories. I fall into those categories? You know what? We both were with people in those categories. You were both Separately, with people. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And yeah. you rescued each other from those bad relationships. Not necessarily relationships, but like the people we were hanging out with. Yes, she was hanging out with a, a drug dealer, <laughs> and okay. I was hanging out with and his girlfriend. She knew his girlfriend, and I was hanging out with. A dude who was in my band who actually died of of uh, drugs later. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was that kind of scene. Well, that's pretty good. And so uh, you guys have got a pretty straight, normal life now, though. We do. You know, we really are pretty normal. And and what uh, does she? So what does she think of the singing out of the vagina panty? Type? She thinks it's a great idea. She's all for it. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. your. I met your argument for it because your wife. Your wife supposedly is, in, is in love with you, yeah, and she's right, going to support right. you. I, it's like she saying, might not My be, mom thinks yeah. I'm good looking. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. It's good. Well, good luck with that. I, I really do hope that works because the album is great, and we're looking forward to you know. I mean, it's great to have a success story in a local local guys. Is anyone else in the band? Everyone's from here, from New Orleans, right? Yeah. In Supergroup. Well, my brother and I are from Alaska. Yeah, but I mean, you, know, you live yeah, here. Yeah, we, we live from here now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone's yeah. here. The band's based out of here and everything's yeah. coming out of here. And you made the panty bikini well, That's just thing. the beginning, Grant. Just, just the beginning. Let's not go on about that. Just let's wait beginning. for the rest of them to come out as well. It's time to move on. We have to say goodbye to everybody for another happy hour. An hour has been and gone. Can you believe it? We'll be back here next week, of course, for some more. I think we could probably go for another hour on this. We have, we've hardly scraped the surface the here. The three of us are coming of, back next week. Okay. No, no, no. Whenever you, get, whenever you guys week. want us. Okay. We'd love to have all you back because we've hardly scraped the surface at the end of the world, which we started actually talking about last week. Last week's show, we had a whole conversation about the end of the world in which people actually predicted it. Two different people predicted it from two different angles. You should go back and listen How to that show. How much time do we have? They said we, next year. Right. Okay. Next so we year. have to do our next, next show. Year. Like the movie. So, yeah, like 2012, exactly. Yeah. So you guys have to get it together by next year. Oh Go God. back and listen to our last show. It was called Odd Couples. You better get on it. You don't yeah. need to waste any more time I, drinking no this. Meetings, no meetings, bourbon, no, no meetings, more and no screwing around ginger bourbon and ginger ale with your friends from Kentucky. You need right. to get back to work. And you, I don't think, are going to pull this off because the state of Louisiana works very, very slowly. Yeah, they do. And um, it's almost impossible to think, Dan, that you're going to have time. I'll, just, well, I'll, I'll use program. Billy's knowledge to evacuate as far away right, from the end can, of the world. We and we haven't even got on. We, I'm sorry that we didn't even get to evacuation because I really would like to know how to escape from the end of the world. Can you, can you tell us in like one minute or less how to get out of hell? Basically on your bicycle. So buy a bicycle. <laughs> right. That's the only way out. 
Is that true? Right. It actually is, isn't a bad idea if you're stuck someplace. I'm not looking every, for something that isn't a bad idea. I'm looking for the you're only way. You're looking for the actual yeah. solution. I, I heard yeah. a story about a guy riding his bike past all the traffic on I-55 during the <laughs> Katrina evacuation. See? Told you. So, that's okay. It works. So, Ride your bike to Alaska. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's honestly, as as a professional evacuation professor of evacuation, that's your advice. Get on your bike. Actually, walking and biking, and when you look at DC, but there's a sixty foot tsunami coming, or there's the end of the world coming, or whatever. How how far can I handle the tsunami? How can I go? Are you you're not in the tsunami business? Yeah, we got to have a slow scale disaster for me to work. Well, that would be a hurricane. That's what we're talking about here. So, and you can and how far can I go on my bicycle? I'm out of shape. All you need to do is go about 25 miles or so up up the river. That's it. Yep. 25 miles or so up river would get me to To Laplace or something. Yeah, just past Laplace. And where am I going to stay? Well, that is like a day's end. All I can do is I, 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 I just move you. I can't handle. Oh, your, this is not yeah. going to get camp, us. Yeah. Camp out this on is the not levee. going to get us anywhere. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Billy Fields, Professor of Research, Director of the Center for Urban and Public Affairs, and Associate Director of the Gulf Coast Research Center for Evacuation and Transportation Resiliency at the University of New Orleans. Excellent. And we have a link to all your stuff on, on our website as well. Great. Dan Dan Jartra is pretty good. I got it right this time, I, I think. Yes, Who's the did. program manager for the Greater New Orleans Pedestrian and Bicycle Program and also the president of the New Orleans Metro Bicycle Coalition. He's a professional bicycle planner and a bicycle hobbyist as well. Your information is up on our website as well. Thanks for joining us today. Glad to. And Chris Lee from Supergroup and also a uh, Master of Sciences in Molecular and Cell Biology whose album called Hail Hail comes out now actually is listening to this any day right? April 26th April 26th and we're looking for that viral video Thank you Grant thanks for having us It's been great to have you all here at the Columns Hotel The Columns Hotel is at 3811 St. Charles Avenue it's a great place to come and stay if you want to come and visit us in New Orleans and if you're already here come and have a drink with us or come and have a drink anytime on the beautiful wide veranda watch the streetcar rattle by our producers of the show are Tanya, Tanya Castellanos Melinda House and Trish Kaufman the technical direction of our show is by Mitch Cry our music director is Christian Unruh Mitch Foreman is playing the piano and wrote our theme song and is normally on our show but is actually out on the road with Martin Short as we speak he'll be back next time our web designer and link to the real world is Cliff Brigden Christian Unruh does all our music direction if you'd like to be on the show or you'd know someone who does, or you want to uh, play a song or two on our show, drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. And check out our other shows as well on our website, itsneworleans.com. We have another show called Psych Ward that I'm sure you'd enjoy. Some of you more than others, probably, at this table. And um, we have other happy hours for you to check out as well, lots of them on our site. And uh, we, uh, we do the show once a week, so we'll be back here again next week. Until then, thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris for It's New Orleans Happy Hour.